Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron, and across the table from me today, old friend of mine and one of the most stylish people I've ever had the pleasure <laughs> of knowing. Welcome to the show, Mr. Justin Luis, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, such a pleasure being here, man. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for coming by today and doing this. Of course. Excited of course. to have you. Very excited to be here. So I like to start lots of the episodes with just how do we think we met? Because I oh, honestly I know exactly don't, when I don't met. remember how we met. Oh, 1,000%. I, I, I know exactly how when did we, we met. meet. Um, you and I were playing a round. Naturally. Um, <laughs> yes, as this is how I meet everyone. <laughs> this is like 80% of my friends in the right. city. I, I've met through rounds. But then it's a round that I don't play anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. It was in um, Printer's Alley. What's that? Bobby, the Bobby Bobby's Hotel. Garage. Bobby's Garage. Is that still open? No, it's not, but okay. I actually have a meeting with them about relaunching music in that little stage. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, so like this was like in 2018, 19. Okay. I didn't start pursuing music yet. Mm-hmm. This was like, I didn't intend on pursuing music when I moved to the city. It was just right. something like, oh, like I guess I'll play here and there, you know what I mean? Um, and then I remember sitting at the bar. I was after you, I think. And then and then you were up there and you were like, oh, I wrote this song today. It's a stupid little song called Millennials. <laughs> oh, my God. Then, you heard yeah. the debut of Millennials yes, are yes. Dumb. And you're like, I've never, I've never played this song ever. And then you, you stumbled through it because you literally said you wrote it like two hours ago. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, this is fuck. This guy's fucking hilarious. This, he's just going for it. They're tourists who are fucking drunk right now. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. You, and you, I was like, I, oh gosh, I do remember I took that a mental show. note. Yeah. That was, God, that was yes. four years ago. I met, yes. Four, wow. What the hell? Yeah, I've been in this town for almost four years now. Oof. Um, so I knew of you because of that. Mm-hmm. I think we met for like 15 seconds afterwards right. because I was next. And then I re-met you because of Coley Kohler. Okay. Because I was roommates with her. And then shout she's out like, Coley oh, Shout out Coley Kohler, one of my favorite people. In the- I'm marrying them next year. I don't know. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in the wedding. There. Okay, cool. I've never been to Mexico. So Super excited. That's Amazing. On the invitation they sent me in the mail, mm-hmm. uh, they it was like all of the pre like printed stuff and everything. Yeah. But then at the bottom, it was a handwritten note that said, "Don't worry, we have an open bar." <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. Really, for those really of you listening cute. who don't get that joke, I have a song called "Don't Invite Me to Your Wedding." But the whole joke of the song is, "Don't invite me to your wedding unless there's an open bar." There's one thousand percent going to be yep. an open bar. So all inclusive. All inclusive. They're sure going for it. They're going for it. Yeah, I'm absolutely stoked for that because I just got back from vacation mm-hmm. and I'm already mm-hmm. thinking like, hmm, I can't wait for the next time oh, I don't have to do anything. That was quite nice. I should do this more <laughs> often. <laughs> the best part about being alive is doing nothing. Going out and doing things but not working. Yeah, kind of like allowing just life to kind of just simmer. That's uh, I've been doing a tiny bit better at that That's recently. Good. Yeah, It's yeah. hard to not do something. Like it took me a couple of days of being there to – like unplug from the mm-hmm. machine here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because all I thought, all I think about all the time is work. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. I was seven hours ahead of Nashville, and then I was just gone for two weeks. So it's like, oh, I, I can't work right now. Yeah, it's three yeah. o'clock in the morning there, and like, yeah. it, it was it was wonderful because it forced me to detox from this everything the grind as it were yeah yeah that's right and it's i don't know like just just hearing you talk about that i I feel kind of um i feel very 
what's the word for it? When you are justified, I guess? No, not quite. Um, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me rehash that thought. No worries. Just hearing you talk about that. Um, it, it just like, it feels really cool because I've always, you know, of, of course paid attention to, right. um, I don't know, the way you go about the work. And I've always admired that about you. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of talent in this town and there's a lot of people who want very similar things, granted different versions of the same mm-hmm. thing, but then, um, a version of that one a thing. A version of yes. a life in the music industry. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. And then, um, I feel like the way you go about it, um, I wouldn't say calculated is the right um, word for it, but definitely very strategic. Right. Um, and you just go for it. And that's always been admirable to me. Um, that I, I think that's, that's something that I have tried or, or aspired right. to, 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 to go about my own way as well. And so just hearing you um, be like, oh, it was nice taking a break. It's um, very and good it was, not to be on the treadmill the whole time. I know. Yeah, yeah. And and I think especially more recently maybe in the last 2 or 3 months of, or so I've been I think more successful than I ever have been in trying to deliberately slow down and find like this pace that that works for me. And that's been that's been really really nice. There is a lot of that going around right now, yeah. I think, where because of and I'm going to directly attribute it to COVID. Yeah. Because of 2020 and how little we got to do that year, mm-hmm. I think all of us way overcorrected in 2021. Yes. Tour, uh, tour stop did 205 shows last year. That's, That's a insane. show like four to six days a week. Yeah. And it was killing me. Mm-hmm. It, it was great. I made some money yeah. and I made a lot of connections and I made a ton of friends. And yeah. We got to do a bunch of cool stuff. Yes, yes. But at the end of the year, I look at pictures of myself from that last call Belcourt show and my hair is long and shaggy and mm-hmm. I had this ugly neck beard and I'm like oh that guy was working too hard <laughs> you're looking good now I, I, I didn't get to tell you and I, I when been, I arrived I but I'm been like been oh taking this a little show. better care of myself yeah now. you're looking you're looking sharp. not working six yeah. days a week <laughs> who'd have thought <laughs> correct correct yes um, so the, the I think the, the hustle culture of what we do is just killing all of us just a little bit at a time yeah I really, really liked what you said about you called it an overcorrection, mm-hmm. and I feel like that is the exact um, that that that's such a precise way to describe that year, like twenty twenty one. I something I tell people all the time is, so far in my what twenty six, almost twenty seven years of life, that's absolutely <laughs> insane. I can't believe I'm in my what that's late twenties. Twenty seven is late twenties. Holy shit! We are officially anyway, in our late twenties. <laughs> digression. But then I, I tell people all the time that like so far twenty one, twenty twenty one, I think it was 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 the best year of my life so far. Right. However, I look back at that year and um, I can't ignore that the last two weeks of 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 the year when I deliberately slowed down. I felt how tired I was. Yes. And I looked back at the year and I'm like, yes, I loved, you know, everything, the most things that have happened this year, but I, I'm tired and this is not sustainable. It is absolutely, Um, that's a great word is sustainable. Yeah. Because you're going so hard and then you don't notice how dead you are because you're just going the whole time. And then if you take Mm -hmm. just a minute to listen to your body it's screaming at you like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, stop. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Breathe. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, I, like, I, I agree with you. It's like that, that's one way to look at it where, where we're like, oh, that's not sustainable. But at the same time, I felt like 
to have experienced that strange like renaissance of kind of like a bohemia like mm-hmm. uh, energy in this town like coming outside or or, or um uh, getting out of the the whole 2020 <laughs> experience that we right. all had and and um just just that zest for like doing things doing again things. And, because we did um, nothing for exactly so long. exactly the, there's just like a such a such a specific energy that just surrounded that whole year that i felt like everyone had and and as much as of course yes it's it, it wasn't sustainable um i'm glad that i had that and i was able to acknowledge I mean, you as well seem to have been able to acknowledge it like all right cool that was what it was and that can that that yes. also shows you like that is too much. Yes. So then you can work within the the metric of not doing that much, but still trying to stay busy. Correct. Yes. Yes. And I, I feel like I, I'm not. I don't want to speak for you here, but I'm definitely speaking for myself. Where um, when I experienced it all in a year, um, and I have you and Nashville Tour stop to thank for a lot of that, and I will always be grateful for that. Um, Coming out of that and 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 um, finding that yeah this isn't sustainable, um, allowed me to kind of like sift through all of the things and really figure out this year um, which parts of that I wanted to keep and mm-hmm. which parts of that um, I I didn't really need um, um, and um, it's it's been nice uh, like I said this year twenty twenty two especially the last few months. Um, one, figuring that out and being able to like make the changes and make the adjustments and really like, I don't know, go about this whole pursuit of whatever the fuck we want, our versions of what we want in a way that works for me. And like, I genuinely think like, oh, cool. I figured that out. And the the, the expedited nature, I guess, <laughs> of last year allowed me to figure it out much more quickly than I feel like I would have if none of that happened. I, w- I feel like it would have taken me years to figure it, to, to right. figure it out. Like when, when 2020 all of a sudden was just halted, mm-hmm. all of the plans that we had planned, all of our expectations were shaken. But if I had followed the plan of what I thought I was going to do that year, I would honestly be in a very different place in my career yes. than doing what I'm doing now. And I don't dislike 2020 for that. It took me to a place that I actually enjoy being. Yeah, yeah, same, same, 2020 and 2021. Like, um I was uh, at a at a thing recently. I'm not going to name which thing it was, but <laughs> um, um, I was around. I was surrounded with some of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. Um, around, not just around them, but working with them um, and 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 creating content for for, for that 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 you know statistically has been doing very very well on the internet, <laughs> and it was exhilarating and exciting and all of that. Um, but I don't know, as I kind of just like sat there and I looked around the room and everybody was kind of like chasing this, this thing because, because this, that, you know, that, that is what you have to do in the inter on the internet. Now, if you are to pursue this thing in, in, in that way, I just, I, I think I just realized that like, oh, I don't think that specifically is what I want out of this. Right. Um, you and I were, were, were talking like, uh, before you hit record earlier when I just showed up and you were like, uh, I think it was the like uh, the record label versus the live music type of mm-hmm. thing. And you said you kind of like figured out that like, oh, I think um, this is the side of that that I want to pursue mm-hmm. and all of that. I feel like I had kind of like that moment in that room where 
I, uh, I felt that I like this side of, of, of my life, um, the creative pursuit, whether that's music or um, a theater or movies. Um, I like it being a place of respite for me. Um, and I feel like I want to keep it at that uh, or as that. Um, and that's nice and that keeps me sane. And um, I will pursue that that way. Um, and uh, Not and being that, and scared really cool. of those changes is, I think, important too. Yeah. Because thinking about like, it's it's that millennial anxiety. I know mm-hmm. we all have it. Like, oh shit, like, I don't know. Is this going to be okay? What if I do the mm-hmm. wrong thing? It's like mm-hmm. everything could be either the right or the wrong thing. But if it's yeah. the wrong thing, then you just, it goes bad and then you stop and then you do something else. Correct. So even if yeah. you make a wrong decision, you'll inevitably come to the correct decision. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's why I've tried to be less and less concerned with like, oh shit, this person's going to be so mad or yeah. this this seems like a bad idea. Like mm-hmm. if it is, it happened Yeah. and then own that, yeah. but then move on. Yeah, yeah. Not being scared of the change, I feel like you put that like quite perfectly. I, I found that like, I don't know, like – just growing up, whenever people would like always ask me like, "Oh, what's what's the dream? What is it? Define the dream." I don't um, know. You know, like I don't. Why I don't does know. why does it have to be one thing? Yes, exactly. I, I feel like someone I, I forget who um, gave me a, a piece of advice when I was uh, when I was still at university um, about kind of like what I wanted to do with my life and all of that stuff. And he was basically um, he basically told me like. Don't think of what it is exactly that you want to be doing. Think of the kind of life that you want to live. And you'll figure it out. If, if you, know you figure what I mean? out what kind of life you want to live, then you can yes. build the legs that will exactly, sustain that. Exactly. Uh, but the, like, I feel like aiming for a hyper-specific thing, when you yourself are this like uh, uh, ever-changing being, right. that makes no sense. Because if you're ever changing, then the dream has to be as well. And I and and I think I was told that years ago, um, and I, th- I I I kind of understood it. I think you know what I mean. But uh, now that I'm living that out, and I've literally felt that happen quite a few times, I'm like, oh, that was that was sound advice, and that's, that's how I'm going to go why about I've never things. Never understood why we force. High school seniors, yes. eighteen year olds. <laughs> All right, what's your college major? You're mm-hmm. going to do this forever, mm-hmm. and Man. how how stressful that is. I and know. now, how many of us do absolutely nothing related to what we did yes. in college? Correct. Yeah, because because we made a shit decision mm-hmm. about what we thought. Oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. Right. I changed my major four times in college. Yeah, because I didn't know what I wanted yeah. to do. It works out for some people. Yeah, but then it's not it's not the only way to get there. Um. I, <laughs> uh, before I decided to move to the U.S., maybe like, this was about a year before I actually like popped on a one-way flight, you know what I mean? Borrowed mm-hmm. money and be like, all right, cool, we're going to do this. Um, about a year before that, I was in the process of making the decision of whether I was going to move or not. I was still in college. I was a sophomore, junior. I was a Towards the end of my sophomore year in college, um, I was a marketing advertising major. And um, I talked to a few mentors of mine about the decision. Um, 
two main mentors I had. One I was, one I felt like really, really knew me, uh, and the other one was like this, uh, like very highly regarded um, uh, professor quoted in Harvard and Yale, and he was like, you know what I mean, like uh, supposedly yes, knew what yes, they were talking yes, about. Exactly, exactly. I talked to him first. I sat down and I, you know, kind of like revealed my cards that I had to play. And then he straight up told me, Justin, don't do it. Um, You're going to have to drop out of college. You're going to go to the U.S. in their current economy without a fallback, with knowing absolutely no one. You don't don't have the connections that you have here. Um, You don't have your degree. You're like, he basically told me that like, when I leave, you're going to end up working odd jobs the rest of your life and you're going to end up coming back anyways, yada, 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 might as well just like save yourself the trouble, figure it out here. Um, probably statistically sound advice <laughs> from this man, you know what I mean? Yes. Like it made sense if I looked at all of that, like, and it like, it made sense at the, at the time. And I kind of like left his office. I said, okay, I left his office kind of um, Quite confused, a little pissed off, honestly. I guess that's not what I wanted you to had, hear. You'd hoped for, correct? Yeah, and I was an arrogant kid, I guess. Looking back, I'm yeah, like, oh, that's not what I wanted him to hype me, hype me up, and all of that. Um, the same afternoon, I talked to my mentor, um, the other one, uh, and uh, he lived a fairly similar life to me. So he grew up in the Philippines, um, didn't have much really, and all of that. Moved to the moved to the U.S. He he studied here, and then he moved back. Yada yada yada. Started teaching there, and like he started a business there. I talked to him, and I'm like, mm, I guess like, and I was much less sure of myself when I talked to him because oh, I had just gotten the life <laughs> kind of like sucked out of me talking to this previous guy. But um, he was basically just like, yeah, go for it. If 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 you feel like you're hitting a ceiling here, and I really really felt like I was, um, although I was going to school and I was going to school for free, thankfully, but like. I don't know, man. Like, the, the college is definitely a privilege, even back there. It, it like, just didn't feel more right. More so back there. Um, I felt like I was getting somewhere, but then the just the opportunity cost of of needing to earn money um, for myself and mm-hmm. for, for 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 my family. Um, I, I don't have any kids, disclaimer. Uh, by family, I mean my mom and my sister. <laughs> um, yeah, just like, and and then they couldn't do much because my mom was sick and my sister was, was was younger. She even had to stop school while I was going to college. So they were just at home all the time. And then so like me doing all of these things, going to school and like I was trying to like still, still stay creative. So I was hyper busy, but I wasn't really getting anything in return. Um, and I would come back home and I'd have all of these stories and I'd come back to the two of them and they would just be like, cool, cool. Yeah. Like, well, what Welcome were you back. up to? We couldn't, yeah, we're, there's really nothing for us here. Yep. Like we have, we don't have the options and, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing much to do. And I don't know that just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bear that. And, uh, I, I really felt like I was hitting a ceiling. And so it was just like, yeah, do you, well, if you trust yourself, you're probably going to figure it out, you know? Um, and so. Yeah, um, borrowed money um, for three flights to fucking Nashville, Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) With no intention of pursuing music here, by the way. Really? I picked Nashville because the internet said it was a growing city 
relatively lots of jobs. low. L- yeah, l- the cost yeah, of living. Low cost of living compared to the coasts. Um, uh, lots of jobs in the industry that I, I I I was looking to get into again, which is like corporate training and all of that right. stuff, like adult learning, which is still what I do now. Um, <laughs> I was I was talking to a few friends last night, and they asked what I did for a living, um, and it's it's adult learning. I just realized that like saying I do adult learning sounds like I teach people how to do porn. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not what I do. <laughs> that's uh, um, that's just like learning and development. That's that that's it. So, um, but yeah. So like it, they said, the internet said that like oh Nashville has a lot of like oh, opportunities for yada yada yada. <laughs> I'm like all right, cool. I'm probably gonna stay in Nashville for like two years and then and then find my way to either of the coasts and all of that stuff. Maybe even go back home if I'm able to save enough money and all of that. That was the plan um yeah music was not at all what i wanted to do was it a secondary or tertiary part of your life at that point music Mm -hmm. oh not at all really uh it was um the 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 creative pursuits back home were writing i've always written um mostly uh mostly like poetry and all of that stuff um but then the active creative pursuits were uh mostly theater and like and like short films and all of that stuff um which i miss a lot currently so i think uh i'm gonna have to that's definitely the itch that's coming um music like was it was definitely a surprise for me it's currently more of a medium than mm-hmm. really like like when people ask like or when people introduce me it's like oh yeah justin he's a musician that kind of gives me like the heebie-jeebies because i'm like, <laughs> You're like don't I, box I, me in yeah or not even i feel like i don't deserve that title <laughs> okay <laughs> no really because like this city man i I admire musicians so much. Right. There's so much to know. I do not read music whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know what chords I'm fucking playing. When you people just are know like, that "It sounds good." Oh, thank you. Yes, I hope <laughs> I, uh, I I like to think so. But uh, but yeah yeah like I, I I like I said like it's it's more so like a medium for the writing more than anything else. Right. Um. Uh. So it 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 pains me to hear whenever people kind of like associate me with all of these other incredibly talent talented like actual musicians in town <laughs> because I admire them so much and I feel like whenever I'm I'm in a room with those musicians I, I don't know like maybe it's like a bit of a, like maybe a lot of bit of imposter syndrome but um I don't know I I can't quite uh I can't quite sit with um uh, being given that title being when I feel like I haven't earned who it. Have, who have that knowledge of like, Correct, yeah. oh, Aaron knows music theory and he knows yes. that these are the chords that are supposed to go together. And you see, I think that's yeah. part of the reason why your music is so wonderful. Let me gas oh. you up. It's part of why it's so wonderful is because you're you're not living in the same world, so to speak, of a person who's really deeply ingrained in music theories because you don't have to think, oh, if I'm playing in C, the other chords are D and G and A minor. You just get to play what – and see, music is one of those like universal languages mm. where if you hear it and it sounds sad, anybody else who speaks any other language – understands that this might be a sad song. Yeah. It's that kind of universal language. So you're not living in these constructs of like, these are the chords, meep, merp, merp. Whereas <laughs> you're just like, these are the feelings. And yes, this is, yes, correct. It's, it's more of a, God, universal has already yeah. said it, but it's, it's, it's a medium. It's the medium yeah, that, it's medium that, that everyone which, everywhere can, we all have feelings. Yes. If we yes, don't have knowledge, yeah. we still have feelings. Yes. God. Yes. Thank you. Cheers I, to that. Cheers, man. <laughs> cheers to that. 1,000%. 
Well, hey, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. And we're back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. This week's guest is Mr. Justin Luis. Thank you for being on the show with us this week. Welcome, 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 welcome. Of course, this has been so much fun so far. I'm so happy to have you. We've known each other for, uh, I, 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 we talked about it, four years. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's been four no. years. Ever since I turned, like, I think, 23, the years have just gone by. They bleed together real hard. <sighs> quicker and quicker. After 21, nothing matters. Yeah. That's the last oh birthday you look forward to. <laughs> 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 yeah, when you're when you're 17, you're like, oh, next year yeah. I can buy porn and cigarettes. <laughs> then you're like, oh, I gotta wait two years before I can buy some I mean, booze. I don't know, man. Like, oh, where I grew up, so I grew up in the Philippines. You mm-hmm. know this. Um, <laughs> any child can walk up to a store and buy a fucking cigarette. At if least when got, I was, if you got the up. cash, yeah, yeah, you can down. just say you're b- buying it for your parents. You know what I mean? Huh. It's like, oh yeah, I'll I'll sure. take like two like two of those for for, for <laughs> my mom or for for my dad. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. I can't yeah. imagine a world like that. But let's talk about that. You're from the <laughs> Philippines. Yeah. Uh, born and raised there? Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So and I um, – go ahead. No, I, w- I was just going to say, so you moved here in 2017? 2016. 16. I moved here the day before I, before I turned 21. It was wow. A terrible. Hell of a 21st birthday. Hell of a time to <laughs> yeah. move here. Yeah. I know. I What did you do yeah, for that special 21st birthday? Uh, I – was in a house with we had electricity, okay. no internet. Oh, so and then it was cold as fuck outside. Naturally, because my birthday's in November, late November. It was cold as fuck outside. I did not have the clothes for it. <laughs> so yep, I was Coming sitting from on the a couch. Philippines. You don't really have winter I, there. Yeah, do you? yeah, nope, not at all. So I was sitting <laughs> on a couch and I'm like, it's my birthday, and uh, everyone was asleep. Naturally. Because, yeah, everyone was fucking asleep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, so I just knew people were greeting me and all of that stuff, like, you know, probably messaging me online. But I could not see anything. <laughs> it was terrible. It was the worst birthday. I'm, I'm glad I made the decision. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Think I, I love hearing about uh, those, I call them, like, origin stories. <laughs> you hear, open it on the mic. Open open your beer on the mic. We, we love that. <laughs> But uh, those origin stories of musicians when they first get here, or in your case, you didn't consider yourself a musician. You were literally just moving to and not a, just a yeah. different country. You're not moving yeah. from from England to the United States. That's a very different experience. <laughs> experience. You're moving yeah. from the Philippines, which yeah. is I've never been there. I yeah. can only assume a vastly different culture yeah. and a different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And. Was there any kind of culture shock when you first moved here? Things mm. you didn't expect, things that scared you, honestly, about being somewhere new. I get that question a lot, and 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 my 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 answer to it, I, I think, um, especially having been here for as long as I have, and having um, kind of like had the time to really really make sense of like growing up the way I did, mm-hmm. um, my answer has kind of evolved. Um, so. I grew up in um, outside of the city, but then still in Metro Manila, which is a big, crazy city. Um, a lot of my friends who currently live in New York, they're like, oh, it's 
kind of like that, just uh, <laughs> just, big, just just slightly crowded, different. Yes, busy, big, crowded, wow, busy. Dirty. Yes, correct. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, uh, I grew up a bit outside of that, and then I grew up uh, maybe like lower middle class um, in, in 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 a developing country, uh, which is very different from lower middle class here. Um, however, I did go to a really really good school. I was fortunate to have gone to, um, this is going to be maybe a surprise. I went to a Catholic all-boys school. (laughs) We had uniforms and everything and all of that. It was a very expensive school. Luckily, I didn't have to pay for it. Um, Were you on a scholarship of some variety? uh, Yes, correct. Um, And uh, it was strange going to that school, but going home to my life and the people that I lived with and lived around. Um, I was never made to feel any different in that school. Actually, there was like a deliberate effort to not make you feel like that That's in that great. school. Everybody wore the same thing. There were uniforms. Everybody had the same pack of like school supplies that you would start with every, uh, you know, every uh, trimester. Are, it was trimester. So Yes, exactly. And the people were honestly really, really nice. Of course, you had your assholes every now and again, but every school <laughs> has assholes. Um, uh, but uh, it was, it was, it was a good experience overall. Um, but I always kind of had that weird like chip on my shoulder that I was like, oh, people can't know or, or, or I'm going to try my very, very best to belong here. I was always a tiny bit out of place, not made to be deliberately um, made to feel like that you or whatever. I just kind of it. felt like that. Yeah, I just kind of felt a little bit out of place both in school and when I would go back home, although I was like, you know what I mean? I was surrounded by people who, who grew up in a similar way. I was always that guy who went to that fucking school. It's weird not feeling at home when you're at yeah. home. Correct. I mean, like, I think I did feel at home. I just felt, I always felt the, that, that, that weird tiny bit out of place. Um, and I've, I, I guess from a young age, because I started going to that school at first grade or in first grade, I went there from first grade all the way to, all the way to like graduated high school, right? Um, and I guess when you are a tiny, tiny, tiny bit out of place, you just have to get good at kind of like watching and observing, and therefore, I guess a lot of of, of of the writing came from from that. And looking back at it now, when I finally moved here, um, it was I have that time to think and those skills that I was able to train, um, being that tiny bit out of place and learning how to thrive in it. Um, I have I have those years to think for for the transition to moving to a completely different country with a yes granted very similar culture because the Philippines especially where I grew up very very westernized. Now, how far apart are these two countries? Um, the Philippines and the, the oh man, okay. like opposite side of the world essentially. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we're right below like China and all of okay. that stuff. Yeah, so I don't um, know my south, yeah. my South Pacific very well. Yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. it is, South Southeastern Asia. Quite fucking far. It was a nineteen-hour <laughs> flight, <laughs> oh my, plus some because there's the, the transfer and Ugh. all of that. So yeah, um, it was. Uh, it 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 wasn't as bad well, of an experience with the adjustment as most people think um it was uh if if, if anything was the uh the, the the roadblock it was really like as is as as was back as it was back home really 
mostly just like the financial burden of like, you know what I mean? Um, Has English always been part of your life as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do they teach it at the same time growing up? Yeah. You essentially have to learn it at the same time back home. Um, All the way up until the 80s or 90s, even our news, our newspapers, they were all in English. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we were uh, not an official uh, uh, colony of the U.S., but then d- essentially for about 20 years and all of that stuff, and we were granted um, um, freedom in the uh, – not very long ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so English was definitely right. um, uh, seeped into the, in, into the, the, the day-to-day. So, um, I mean, not everyone is as proficient I guess I had to be because I went to the schools that Mm -hmm. I went to. Um, But then you can go to the Philippines and talk to someone on the street who'd never gone to a day uh, of of actual schooling. They're probably going to be able to understand you and respond to you in like broken English. That's something that's not part of English culture at all is learning other languages. Right. Yeah. That was something that I had talked about with my dad when I was on vacation Mm -hmm. was how all Europeans – have to use other European languages on a very regular basis because they're just so close. Correct. You could be in France or Germany and Switzerland all in the same day, mm-hmm. and they might need you might need to speak three different languages. So European countries, they encourage and probably require yes. their children to learn multiple languages all at the same time. Correct. So there's so many people who – Like, I learned enough French in two weeks to get by, (laughs) to order my food. Hi, where's the bathroom? I'm English. I don't speak French. I could say stuff like that. And I learned just enough French for them to say, I speak English better than you speak French. Let's just do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the ideal scenario. That's something that I think is is really weird about our world is how – you could be in Europe or in Asia where there's all of these different languages. But in the United States – some people never leave the country mm-hmm. because, one, our country is just huge. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the necessity to learn another language might yeah. never actually come up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love getting to meet other people who learn other languages or have learned other languages just because it's a part of my brain I have never gotten to use. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool getting to meet somebody who's at least fluent in two languages. Yeah, yeah. Man, man like I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Like I, I find that – um, however, I like although I have been speaking both languages like mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, something that I did have to get used to when I moved here was not being able to just like shift from one language to the other mid sentence. <laughs> you can't I speak, loved uh, doing is it Filipino? that. Taglish, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we called it Taglish because it's Tagalog and English, so it's gotcha. called Taglish. Like you literally just like switch between languages mid sentence, um, <laughs> and it was really really cool. Like you know, like some people back home frown upon it. I don't because I find that like, no, what we're doing here is like we have two entire vocabularies, which to me are abs- like lenses to see life from. And if I'm trying to express an idea or an emotion. Why should I or just, focus on You know that? what I mean? Yes. And like I will pick and choose I, which language explains it better. You know what I mean? Um, and I found that – um, especially having moved here, where I'm not just surrounded by people who know English and Filipino. I'm surrounded by people who just speak English or speak English and Spanish or English and some other language and all of that stuff. It's definitely much more diverse here mm-hmm. than it was back home. Um, the 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 languages that we speak definitely like just just uh, give us a lens to see life from, and I found it absolutely fascinating. Um, just paying close attention to that, 
people shit on English a lot here. I've found because, like, of course, there is this Dane that, like, We're oh, the this is the only fruit thing. Of languages yeah. in the earth. Like. Well, <laughs> I I would disagree. I okay. don't know because, like, to me, for example, well, the, the two languages I speak are English and Filipino, mm-hmm. um, and. I find that English is a fantastic language to to talk about I think the 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 deeper darker more introspective ideas and emotions. I find that when I'm talking to when I'm talking to my therapist or when I'm trying to write about the more difficult emotions or the darker emotions or um, anything of that nature, English is a really, really good language for that. You have, you literally have the words for it. And that makes sense um, with like your poets, you know what I mean? Like Hemingway and all of these people and all of that, they they wrote in this language and it makes sense that they did. And it's it, because of the, the extensive vocabulary Correct, for yeah. Or chicken or the egg, I don't know. Are, are the people like that because of the language or is the language mm-hmm. like that because of the people? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I appreciate that that this language allows me to look within and really gets me because I don't, I feel like if, if uh, you know, um, and that's, that's a very testament also to your culture. Like you are allowed to feel here. Not so much back home. Okay. You're allowed to explore that here. Um, not so much where I'm from and all. Um, uh, Filipino, in, uh, in, in, on the other hand, um, much more romantic of language, I've, uh, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much dramatic, kind of like Spanish is, where it's very it's sing-songy very, and it's very like, passionate. Very sexy and, like, yes, yes. Not so much like that. There it's more so like, it's quite a romantic language in a sense that like, how do I explain this? Ah, here you have one word for love, right? Just one. And you love. have to be kind of like creative with the way you use it because it can mean different things. Um, back home, we have two words for love. And it's one of, and the Filipino is also one of those languages that, like, uh, the one word can mean two completely different things depending on how you use it. Exact same spelling, exact same pronunciation, exact same word, but depending on how you use it, can it can mean two different, <laughs> unrelated things. So we the two words for love back there are um, ibig and mahal. So ibig is I B I G and mahal is M A H A L. Okay. Both literally directly translate to love. Okay. But ibig. Also translates to to want. If I say, for example, my ibig hong sabihin, that means I want to say something. Ibig meaning want, and then mahal is. Uh, it's also a word to connote value. If I say like this mic is mahal, this means this mic is expensive. So it's okay. used to connote value, right? And in all of our poetry, the well-written ones, <laughs> granted, um, even in our pledge allegiance, we say I love my country twice. We always always use ibig first. And mahal later. Interesting. So you need to want something first. And the process of wanting something is love. But then there has to be that shift where after wanting something, you choose to value something. And that's love as well. Two completely different kinds of love. Wow. But love nonetheless. You know like what I mean? I, just, I feel like I've been at therapy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like here, like, and, 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 and I hear people like talk about love here in a much more... Um, I find that like people are like, uh, when it comes to like relationships, people are a little bit more, I don't know if this is the most accurate word, like a bit more cynical, I guess, of, of, of relationships here, where whenever someone feels like they're falling in love, like, oh, it's just an infatuation or it's not love yet. You just like, 
you're just in the honeymoon phase and all of that. You know what I mean? Like, I do. And then wait, wait until that, you know, that, 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 that fizzles out. We'll mm-hmm. see you. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it, it's much more, it's a much more cynical approach to it, which I quite understand the history of, of, you know, how people were treated here. Women especially were treated here. You have to be more guarded, you know, which makes it's, sense. It's a defense mechanism. Exactly, exactly, which makes sense. Again, like the language kind of like reflects the culture. Um, back home, we had a different like uh, uh, relationship with that. And so the, the the words reflect that. It's We were much more hopeful about it and all. And so, yeah, the, 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 those examples of like, so whenever I, I feel like my experience of people and my interpersonal relationships um, are definitely uh, uh, a, a reflection of, of of the words I was able to see life f- from, and then my introspective self, which I value just as much. I feel um, I attribute to uh, having been able to speak in English and having been able to kind of like explore that because I've had tremendous educators growing up and all of that. And that's just like, those are two of my favorite parts of my life. And um, the language is definitely allowed for that. We talked briefly about uh, therapy and observation. And I think that's something that's interesting about you and I's generation Mm -hmm. and subsequent generations thereafter, Gen Z and everything. We're a lot more open to expressing how we actually feel. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that stems because when we were raised, we didn't have the opportunity to say, hey, this makes me sad. Because when we did, ah, don't be a pussy. Yes. Stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. And we, I'm sure, I'm sure every generation has been a different version of it, of its parents or whatever you want to say. Like, but because we might not have had those soft parents yeah. feelings, so to speak, we want to be able to offer that to the world next. Yes. So I feel like every time there's new kids, like you see the things Gen Z put on the internet and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, these kids are soft. And I'm like, oh my God, I was soft when I was there. And yeah. it's like, yeah. we're, we're just becoming more aware of yes. how much better it is to say, hey, that makes me feel like shit. Please don't do that. And yeah. this one's like, oh, damn. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. We communicate much, much more better. efficiently. Yes, correct. <laughs> much yes. more efficiently than our parents did. Yes, of course, it's not going to be perfect. But then it's always not going to be, especially when there's like, you know, there's a, there's a literal cultural shift. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I'd rather ha- I'd rather deal with these set of issues than the set of issues that, you know, were either dealt with or not dealt with at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I think is good that is changing Mm -hmm. in the world right now is just how much easier it is to convey an emotion. Yeah. And all of these poets and these songwriters of the years gone by that we listened to, those are the people who had these feelings. Yeah. But might not have been able to convey them outwardly. They Mm -hmm. used art as the medium to say how they felt but now we're here and we get to say these things Mm -hmm. just we get to talk about it whereas if two people were having a conversation like this 50 years ago my dad would have been like you guys like cut that cut that shit out yes 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 oh i love that you said that because like um uh, a recent um actually kind of just like thought i i i followed that i had and i followed was like um in relation to 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 what you said about like artists and and um, writers and songwriters and all of that stuff, 
um, kind of like reflecting this cultural change. Um, even just looking back at my favorite works of art that of, 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 of the past, you know what I mean, and of the present, I guess, um, just kind of going back to the whole like uh, two different languages things, all of my favorite um, pieces of art um, in the English language, for example, that are able to explore those deeper emotions, you're able to talk about the feeling like directly almost. Like I will explain or I'm able to explain that gritty feeling as 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 precisely as I'm able to using this and it's fucking beautiful you know what I mean I found just looking back at like my favorite like songs in Filipino that kind of do the same thing that get to that place of like of of, of being able to explore yes it's mostly done through imagery or storytelling okay we don't talk about the feeling at least not very frequently we don't talk about the exact feeling we tell you a story and you get there you get there through living it out and imagining it not because we don't have the words for it per se maybe we do it's just it's it well maybe actually maybe we don't have as as precise of words for it um the metaphor and, uh, yeah does you the have to get you. there yeah like some of my most favorite filipino songs tell stories and that's how you get there i mean i feel like that that has been such a huge part of my writing in everything that I've chosen to 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 to, to write about. Um, it was important to me that the, that the first song I released was 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 stolen, which which is about the the, the childhood sexual mm-hmm. abuse, because I feel like because music is more of a medium. Um, uh, to me to, to to get the writing out, and I'd never shared my writing publicly. I always wrote for myself and maybe shared to the specific people that I would maybe write things for, or maybe I trusted enough to, and all of that. But I just felt like I needed to get this out. I was done with it being kind of like a, maybe a literal wall, you know what I mean, uh, in my life. The way I ended up, and this was not deliberate at all. Um, these are all real. These are all realizations that came after. But looking back, like that whole song is. Although it's written in English, it comes from the perspective of someone who experienced that growing up in that culture. I had to get that out visually. So and I when did to, yeah. Stolen first come out? 2020? 2021. 2021. 2021, last year. Wow. So, so much has happened. It feels like it was like two or three years ago. <laughs> you, yeah, it feels like a long time ago. So uh, recap what, what that song is about because I know there's a lot of people who are touchy about yes, subject yes, matter yes, like yes. that. So uh, tell us just a, a little bit more, maybe at length, about what what inspired yeah, the, yes. the, the desire to want to write a piece of art like that rather than writing a song like Peaches yeah, and Cream. Rather. Correct, correct, correct. I feel like everything's a response to something, but we'll get to that later. Um, but, uh, but definitely uh, uh, the, the, the desire to write it. Um, so it was, was, it just stemmed from uh, wanting to get a truth that I've felt like I've hidden, not even from just people, but hidden from myself subconsciously for so long, just, just wanting to get that out there. So the song is about like, it is about childhood sexual abuse. It's about my personal experience of that and years of that, um, uh, years that I had, I don't know if this is the most accurate word for it, but I'd forgotten about um, for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, And having that all come back much later in life 
uh, you know, in in relation to how old I am currently. Um, But uh, I felt like all of those things happened when I was a kid. And then, and then life moved really, really quickly because I had to grow up really, really fast um, just because of situation. And I had to figure things out for myself and for my family and all of that, um, that there was no time and no space to deal with it all. And I like to think that I was able to make the right decisions henceforth. And um, I was brought to a place or I... Let's try to take credit for that. My therapist took is going to be proud of me. I took myself to a place. <laughs> <laughs> she's going she's gonna to clap at that. Uh, shout out, Allison. Um, but uh, yeah, I was able to take myself to a place, think, you know, partially thanks to uh, quite a lot of people as well, in which I was able to, or my brain was like, oh, you seem to be uh, in a better place right now. now Boy, we do we this. have a surprise for uh, you. You know, yeah. <laughs> Here's this fucking Pandora's box. Here's a story. Yeah, here's a story. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was about 22 or 23. And then I never had that much control of my life ever. And I felt like I was no longer just thinking about tomorrow. I was like, ah, this is nice. I can I can start building a life, you know what I mean? And that's never been the case. Um, and uh, yeah, those started to come back, like not not quickly, um, and not, but not slowly as well. Like I, I feel like at a pace that I was just like ready for. Um, and I have like a lot of people to thank for that as well. Like partially like the relationship that I was in, we're not together anymore, but I'm thankful for that relationship. I felt very safe in that relationship. I felt very safe in every single relationship that I've had in my life. Um, and I have those women to think really for, for me, not just feeling safe in those relationships that eventually led to me being okay with like these memories coming back to me, but also it set me on the right trajectory to have a good positive relationship, not just with sex, but with like Emotion. Emotion in general. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly it. Like to a point where like this all came back to me. I decided to write about it. Um, and I did. The song poured out of me in like an hour or so. And um, I decided to release it. Um, I was living with Coley Kohler um, at the time and Dylan actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Coley was getting into producing and she was kind enough to be like, like, I think I want to start getting into this. Do you want to like work on this song? And I'm like, I would love that. And so it was like a, it was a wonderful process for both of us because one, it was a process for me because of what I just said. And for her, it was like, um, she was, this was something that she was like getting into and it was very exciting for her as well. And we got to share this, this thing that was huge for both of us. And, 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 uh, I love that process. And the process right now is still my favorite part of this whole thing of creating anything really. Um, um, before I released that song, I think the week before that it was released. Uh, no, the week before I like announced that it was going to be released, where I released this like, or where I put out this like this video, like basically like putting it out there that this was a thing that happened. I uh, I messaged my first girlfriend. She and I were together for about like three and a half years ish, wow. for about three years, um, and we're still friends. Like we're like. I, I adore her and she's doing really, really well. Um, um, I had to like, just like message her and be like, hey, like, can we like talk real quick? 
um, <laughs> I have something to tell you. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't expecting it at all. But I just had to 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 to, to articulate really like that. Hey, that I feel like everything that I went through. Um, or everything that I experienced within that first relationship, all of my firsts and everything, those were still my firsts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was so important for me to feel safe in that relationship and 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 uh, and be able to choose everything um, that really set me on the right track. And I just had to like really sit down and like thank her for it, honestly. And uh, we had a really good conversation because about that. That'll set you. Having having exactly. one good experience can set you forth to have one thousand percent. Yes, and I and I and I've, I feel like, um, uh, I have every single person um, that I've had d- 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 any sort of, of 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 intimacy with in within the last like however many years or so um, to thank for that like truly um, and uh, it's uh, it's just really really cool that. Uh, it ended up happening that way. I feel like it could have been, I could have, have gone on a very, very destructive path, especially being unaware of it all. And there were still a shit ton of things that I had to unlearn growing up in a very, <laughs> very like Catholic conservative country, mm-hmm. going to Catholic school and shit. Yeah, that is about as up, conservative as it can get growing, growing up. up. Growing up in a fucking all boys school. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Lots of shit that I still had to unlearn, but then um, these people, these 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 extremely strong women that I, I I definitely look up to, they were kind to me and they were patient with me and they were safe spaces to be around and um, that was. Then they got me to a point in which I couldn't just um, or one, they made sure I wasn't destructive. consciously or subconsciously most of them subconsciously because I didn't even know you know what I mean Um, two um, I was able to make peace with the whole thing and three I was able to just like hey let's have fun with this all you know what I mean like like I can still have a really really good relationship with with sex and and everything that comes with intimacy really in general Mm -hmm. and everything that has to come with it um I don't have to be a. Uh, uh, I don't have to be afraid of it. I don't have to be a, a. It's probably the wrong way to put it, but I. I, I don't feel like a victim of it anymore, right. and all of that, which is why <laughs> I'm able to put out fucking stupid ass songs like. So let's talk about and cream. that. So and I, I before we move on, I do yeah. just want to say it's so wonderful being able to get to talk to somebody who can write different types of songs like this because in our industry there are so many people who can yeah. I don't want to I don't want to pigeonhole people yeah. but who write one kind of a song. Yeah. And it's something that I appreciated about myself with my songwriting was early on being able to write these really heartfelt I loved you for the night kind of songs mm-hmm. and then be able to go on to write these stupid ass songs just, just millennials and I love them all, Aaron. Like that. So having, <laughs> having that kind of duality kind of helped me be able mm-hmm. to – I have feelings for both things. Mm-hmm. It helped me compartmentalize where these things yes. belong. Yeah. So There's space for it all. There is space for it all. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the new stuff. Yes. So okay, yeah. You put out uh, not too long ago. This was this yeah. week, last week? Uh, about two or 
Two weeks ago? Two or three weeks ago now, yeah. Okay, yeah, so that yeah. was uh, middle of August here Correct. in 2022, the yeah. year of our Lord Blake Shelton. <laughs> 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 and uh, you put out uh, a planned release, a publicly Correct. planned release mm-hmm. uh, called Peaches and Cream, a, a new single. And then there was yes. a, a surprise, surprise release video. as well. And uh, that one was called Tied Down. Correct. Both songs, fan favorites of people here in town. Um, let's talk about Peaches and Cream first. Yeah. Elephant in the Room. Tell us yes. what it's about. It's 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 about eating ass. It is and, about and, eating and, ass. And beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the first times I saw you play that was the showcase that you did at the Cambria yeah. Hotel. Mm-hmm. And that was a trip. That was one of my favorite you, shows I've ever played a, in my life. You were a little like – Hesitant, where they're like, should I say it? And I was like, just fucking go for yep. it. Yeah. I was like, just do it. <laughs> and God, that show went over well. And you also played a song, uh, uh, Pop Your Pussy, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I played a uh, like a like a like a jazzy version of My Neck, My Back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's so cool getting to hear songs like that. So, um, Peaches and Cream. When did uh, when did this come out? What what was the? I don't want to know the story. Yeah. But the, <laughs> the, the story behind that. Did you co-write That's with anybody? So is this no. A, yeah. Is this a Justin Louis solo? Right. <laughs> yeah, there was a very easy song to write. This one, <laughs> <laughs> this one poured out of me. Um, so I'd. Uh, um, I was working on a what was supposed to be a seven-song album mm-hmm. called Stolen, which is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the process of, of, of making it. It's going to be out, like, later this year. But basically what that was going to be was it was going to tell a story of my relationship with sex. It was going to start with Stolen, with the abuse, and then it was going to go into, like, oh, um, face that fear. Um, have a good relationship that allows you to explore it have good experiences outside of it, this and that, right. yada, yada, yada. And, like, just explore this relationship with it. Um, because you still can have a, you can still have a good relationship with it. And I was talking to my friend about it, and I was like, all right, these are the seven songs, and I broke down kind of, like, what each of them were about and all of that stuff, which chapter of that uh, uh, pursuit of, 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 of peace with this whole thing, I guess, um, each of those songs were about. And she's like, all right, cool, I love this idea, that's great. I think you need one more song, maybe somewhere like towards the end, middle-ish and all of that stuff. And I was like, what, what, what should this song be about? And she's like, I think you need a kink song. I think you need like a kinky song. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Okay. Um, I mean, there's Tied Down. That's kind of like, you know, the other song that I release, you know what I mean? But she's like, yeah, it is kinky. You know what I mean? There's that whole like tying tying you down thing, the whole BDSM thing. But But that's mostly about... Uh, it's a uh, metaphor. It's, yeah, it's 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 mostly about the the the, the hoe phase. You know what I mean? Like a healthy, <laughs> responsible hoe phase. Mostly, you know what I mean? The the the, the kink is kind of like a like a like a like a side note on that song. I think you need like a just that, mm-hmm. like that, to be the focus. I'm like, all right, what should it be about? And she's like, I don't know. What are you into? And I'm like, well, <laughs> all right. You're like, we're about to become different kinds of friends now. (laughs) (laughs) Give me 20 minutes and I will figure it out. I'm going to write down a song structure and get back to you. And I did. I literally did. I hung up. I was like, give me 20 minutes. I wrote a song structure and I got, and then I called her back and I was like, here's Here what it's go. gonna be about. And like, she was like, buckle yes. up because yep. this is gonna be dirty. <laughs> She's like, finish it. Do it. And I was like, <laughs> that's All what right, she cool. said. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but um yeah, it just ended up being like uh, like I said earlier, everything I, I feel like is is a response to something. And um at 20 early 2021, I played Stolen Out. Um Quite a bit. Quite a I bit. Felt it, was I, one of your, I, it was one of your staples for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I played it whenever I felt 
like it was like I, like I could like it was it was uh, it was a safe space to, to to play it. You know what I mean? And I love that. And I feel like people um, and 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 throughout the release of that initial version of Stolen, it was like uh, I poured a lot into getting this out there, getting this thing out there. But I was adamant even before I started that whole process that like I don't want to be defined by this thing. It's a thing that happened to me. It's not me. You know what I mean? Um, and so uh, I wanted to quickly maybe show people that like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I have a good relationship with this and I'm pursuing it in a way that is uh, safe and responsible. And safe and, and responsible, not just for me, but for it's everyone involved. Smart, And it has to be and that's the only way it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the only way. I feel like there's a lot of people out there. I don't know what the right thing to say is, mm-hmm. but a lot of people out there who have a really unhealthy relationship with sex who are like, because not because it's irresponsible or yes. because it's not smart, but because like they, they have this expectation of what it should be. Correct. And then they can't meet so to speak that expectation and yes. then then they build it up in the brain oh this is not great and then mm-hmm. then you meet all these other people who have yes. a very healthy relationship with it yeah. and you don't know how these two people can't line up just yeah. because of that yeah. but it's it's cool getting to hear that it it, it can it can yeah. change yes oh, one thousand percent yeah like we've come almost full circle from the <laughs> beginning it's like why pick one thing at the very beginning and have to stick with that we're malleable we're all humans yes. everything needs to change as as we develop and become more human like our dreams <laughs> 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 we have to allow them to change so peaches yeah. and cream was the eighth track on what will become seventh. this seventh track seventh on this um, yeah there's a there's a last surprise track okay that i don't play out that i've never played out and it's just going to be a bonus track for it um less a bonus track and more so kind of like a bookend okay i've never played it out it's uh it goes back to the roots of of of, of the first track which is stolen and it's kind of like uh just like a thank you to the people who have gone through one listening to the whole um record from start to finish um and and at the same time, uh, really a thank you to people who have been a part of that process for me within the last two or three years. Yes, but especially the last year and a half. You yourself being one of those people, I'm I'm, I'm very grateful for my friendship with you and everything that you do. Um, <laughs> happy to, happy yeah, to be a yeah, service. Yeah, yeah, really. No, that not even just that, man. I don't know. Like just 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 the fact that you and you and all of these people well you especially because like you you know what I mean like it's a little harder for you to listen <laughs> just a little yeah just a little bit but um, uh, but yeah just to thank you for, for, for making that space for that um, and that's uh, that's just a bookend to the whole to the whole project that's great yeah. So there is not a date to be released yet, but hopefully, hopefully, twenty twenty two, perhaps. Definitely twenty twenty two. Okay. Great. Um, we're 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 um, finishing up the last track right now. Um, I think the goal is to release it on my birthday, which is November twentieth. Who is producing this for you? Alan Fine. Okay, I know Alan mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah, yeah, he's wonderful, one of my wonderful producer. Yeah, one of my favorite people as well. So um, he's turned into one of my best friends. And like I said earlier, the the, the my favorite part of, of 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 this like creating thing is still like the process of of creation, and that's been a, such a wonderful so process. So he produced him. everything else on the record other than Stolen. Yes. Okay, yeah. Great. Yeah. And uh, kind of like a secret over here, but we are actually um, producing a. Uh, a little special version of, uh, of 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 stolen um, as well, 
Um, there was just one time at uh, Belcourt Taps last year, one of the last few shows at Belcourt Taps. I think this is the last time I ever played Stolen at Belcourt Taps, where it was me, Gabe Baker on mm-hmm. the cello to my left, Victoria Rose to my right, and then Kiernan McMullen at the very, very end on keys because he cut his finger. He couldn't play the guitar oh, that God. night, but it ended up working perfectly. I started playing Stolen at Belcourt Taps. It was packed. Stevie was at the bar. And it was noisy the whole night, but I was like, you know what? This is probably the last time I'm playing Belcourt. Fuck it, I'm going to play this song because this space, this this place has made space for this song, has made space for me. And so I played it, and then bar went silent. Gabe started playing the cello. Kiernan started like like doing these like little flourishes on the keys on top of it. And then both um, Victoria Rose to my right and Stevie at the bar started doing background vocals for it. And when I sing the song and when I sing most songs, I have my eyes closed. And I just felt like f- fully like just, just, just embraced and, and surrounded by this song. And it's the best to me it's ever sounded. That's cool. And so I'm releasing a Belcourt version of this song with li- the same people. I'm literally just recreating that night. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, if you go look into uh, the old Belcourt hard drive, they might have a multi-track logic session of that song. Wow. That might exist. Because I have the entire Belcourt Taps last call show on a logic oh, session. Oh, man. Whoever was on sound that night might have recorded the entire show. So it's it might be worth sending Ben Coward a text message yeah. to ask if it's on the hard drive. Oh, I it, might do that. If you know the date that that happened, or if you can mm-hmm. spitball the date that it happened, they yeah. might have that. So oh, that you could really have the advice. the Belcourt studio version, and then you might might just have a bonus track, <laughs> the bonus bonus track <laughs> that is really actually cool. of that happening. I did happening. not know that at all. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, that might be a thing. Oh, that's dope. Well, I want to talk about one more thing today, yes. and it's something that I know we both <laughs> dearly love. Tell me the story behind your beautiful cat, Prosciutto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh, this boy makes me so happy, dude. Um, it was, uh, I think, like September, October of last year. That was when I finally decided, I think I'm going to get a pet. Um, all I knew, I did not know what kind of pet I was going to get. I didn't know how I was going to get this pet. All I knew was that I wanted to name my pet Prosciutto. There was just something right about that. <laughs> I love animals that don't have, like, stupid names. Like, this is Rover. Yeah, yeah, Shit yeah. Shit like that. Um, I don't know. I love me a good charcuterie board. So naming my animal Prosciutto was just the bad. I don't know. It just, it just felt right to me, right? It was either going to be, maybe like a month, two months later, I was dead set on either getting a mini Frenchie or a long-haired cat. Nice. Two like uh like uh two apartments down from mine, this dude got a mini Frenchie, black mini Frenchie, exactly the dog that I would have considered <sighs> getting. And I'm like, mm, can't, can't get, get can't that. Get the same yeah. one. Long-haired cat it is then. Um and this was I think December 28th, um, that I was like, I'm gonna get one. Fuck it. I'm gonna start looking for a cat. Um two hours into like looking at like adoption websites, I stumble upon this cat that's been on the website for like an hour. And I'm like, that's a pretty damn beautiful cat. <laughs> I messaged this person. They're like, oh, yeah, you're the first one to reach out. If you get along with this cat, it's yours. I picked uh, – it was, of course, New Year's shit was happening. So I picked Prosciutto up, <laughs> the 2B Prosciutto up, um, literally on the 1st of January. 
perfect cat. He's uh. the sweetest boy. Literally, every single time I have anyone over, first thing he's going to do is walk up to you. He's majestic. Say hi. Thank you. I think so too. He's a sweet boy. There are not so there are not many things on the internet that I would like to see more than your cat. But my Instagram algorithm has me so dialed in that it shows me pictures of dachshunds, cute long-haired cats, mm-hmm. and girls. <laughs> That's a good timeline. It's a good timeline. And then every now and then my friends will pop up and I'm like, oh, Justin's playing a show. I wonder if he posted about prosciutto today. Yep. Click. <laughs> yes, he did. Almost every day. <laughs> so how old is your cat? I got him at a year old, so he's almost uh, two. Almost two? Yeah. Gosh, he's beautiful. He's 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 one of my favorite what, parts what of my life. What color is he? Like a tan? Like yeah, he's like a light orange. Like, like a really, really kind light Kind of a prosciutto orange. color. Exactly. Kind of a prosciutto color. I know. It just fit. I it have fit. been dying to get a dog lately. Okay. And it's getting to the point where I am searching, like, on a every other week basis, like, dachshunds for sale in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee. Because I want to get a dachshund and name it Kevin. Oh, that's that's it. Kevin. Kevin. Uh, and then I also think it would be funny. It would either be named Kevin or Turtle. <laughs> uh, but I have dog fever so bad. And I'm, I, I, I think it's a good book end here to say that I'm trying to build a life that I want to live. Yes. Is because I've been doing all of this work and all these things. And you're doing all this work and all these things. But we kind of figure out the things that matter. Yes. And I've always wanted a dog since I was a kid. Man. Always wanted a dog. Never had one. And I'm trying to build a life now that doesn't involve me being in a bar from 5 p.m. until 1 a.m. six nights a week. And I'm getting there. So I think within the next year or so, I'm actually going to be able to live a life where I can actually take care of a dog. Yeah. And God, do I want turtle. I love God, that, God, do I want man. that turtle or I can I, name him Kevin Turtle Shilp. <laughs> yes, that's that's it. I I I'm one thousand percent supportive of this, and like, yeah, dude. I just have to say, from both the perspective of your friend and someone who's like, you know, trying to pursue this whole crazy Nashville experience extravaganza galore, um, it's just been a pleasure watching you like continuously be in the process of building this this thing, whatever the hell it's defined to be. Yeah. I don't know if there is a word for what it is defined. Exactly. To be. Yeah. Yeah. Long way from um, um, Bobby's garage <laughs> being like, I wrote this song two two hours ago, and uh, that yeah. would have been around the time that I started Nashville Tour Stop full time. Within like yeah. a month or so of that. Yeah. Yeah. That was right it was before because my band that I had been in broke up, mm-hmm. and I got to keep Nashville Tour Stop in the divorce. So I. Was just like ah, oh, this is this is this thing's cool. There's something yeah. about this. All my friends want to come hang out yeah. at it, and like, w- what more could a person want than to just write music and play songs with their friends? And then there's a beer. Yep, that's a pretty good life we get to live. <laughs> a fantastic life. Well, Justin, give us your plugs. Tell us where people can find you on the internet. Uh, plug your new stuff that's coming out. Tell us. Tell us the stuff. Yeah, Give right. Me the skinny. Yeah, yeah. I I will. I gladly will. So um, I guess I'm most active on Instagram. So that's Justin Luis filtered. That's Justin L U I S filtered. Um, 
And uh, I'm on like all the streaming platforms, of course, uh, just as Justin Luis. And, uh, Go follow I, him on Spotify. Yeah, follow me on Spotify. I do have that, uh, that record coming out at the end of the year. Um, a few shows I'm playing, you can find that uh, on Instagram. I always uh, um, share that everywhere anyways. And so, yeah, I'm just really, really excited for everything to come. Um, I'm excited to see it, man. Yeah, man. Thank That's you so much. That's the best part of this town is we get to see our friends living their dreams in real time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What more could we ask for? Ah, not much else. It's not too bad. Yeah. Well, you can follow us at Nashville Tour Stop on Instagram and TikTok or wherever. Uh, more importantly, follow us here on the podcast. Subscribe every week. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Um, if you would like to check out our live shows, you can go to NashvilleTourStop.com. We've got a full event calendar there. Come hang out with us. You might just get to see Justin play a show sometime. But until then, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Yeehaw, motherfucker.